Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I'm going to talk about a variety of things. Ultimately, it's about how the constitutional conservatives and media ignore all the issues that actually matter and just spend endless hours each week wasting everybody's time and get no results. No results with regards to what people think they're supposed to get. They get fantastic results for what they're actually there to do, which is be controlled opposition to make sure that the clock gets burned out and everybody who wants freedom and liberty gets driven into a ditch. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth. And I'm also a self-certified master practitioner. Gave myself that award almost 20 years ago and recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for uh, my podcast. (laughs) All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get this one going. So I want to do a show today, kind of a hodgepodge, really, I I get down pretty often when I look at the situation we're in because very, very few people have the slightest clue what's going on. And the few who do kind of get it, tons of them get dragged off into ditches by constitutional conservatives. And it's why I detest those guys in media so much. They've been the number one thing that's allowed this so-called country to get driven into the ground because they take the people who are sort of on the side of liberty, limited government, freedom, in real terms, and they convince them to support this system of government which has no chance of ever working for all the different reasons I lay out all the time. And one of the main ways they do it is they simply avoid discussing any problems that actually matter. They never discuss problems that actually matter. They only discuss stuff that can never make any difference. They talk about voting. They talk about constitutional rights without actually talking about the constitutional rights that matter. They just don't bother bringing any of this stuff up. I've given example after example of this kind of thing. And I like to remind people about the vote, which is such a big deal to so many people. They imagine this vote thing is some big deal that everybody fought and died for and founding fathers and the brilliance of it and everything else. It has to be understood that if we were going to have the same proportional amount of vote impact with regards to each representative as they had when the country was founded. We would need a minimum of 40 to 50,000 representatives up there instead of 435. That's how watered down your vote has been. It's been watered down from that level to 435. And you say, well, I don't know if that's big a deal. Well, if I gave you $50,000, and I said, I'm going to take all but 435 of it away, then you would see how much of a reduction it is. And that's the reality. And all you have to do is run basic mathematical numbers on it. But the constitutional conservatives pretend as though your vote is this sacred thing that's just as important now as it was when the country was founded. It's just not. 
I don't know how anybody can look at that amount and say if I had $50,000 is the same as if I took all of it away except 435 bucks. <laughs> You'd then see I've just been completely scammed. But because people are never given those figures, those simple numbers that anybody can work out by just looking at the total number of representatives they had, the total number of people who lived in the country, the total number of people who could even theoretically vote, and then look at the teeny tiny amounts of people who actually could vote in each state. And honestly, I think I'm grossly underestimating. I suspect the number would probably need to be about 75,000 or higher. But I'm being very reasonable and realistic and generous. And I'm not including the fact that back then the government had almost no power to do anything and took a teeny tiny portion of the GDP. It wasn't this huge thing that does everything. See, because the larger the government grows, the greater the representation you need in order to have any chance of keeping it in check. So if you actually had to expand out the representation in order to account for how much the government's grown, you'd probably need 250,000 people up there, maybe more, half a million representatives up there to really have a realistic chance of getting some representation. And that doesn't even include all the problems with being a representative, which are ridiculous, of course, because they're not personally responsible for going up there lying to you about what they're going to do and then doing something completely different. There's, there's absolutely no personal consequence to that, except that they might not win re-election. But of course, if they're crooked enough, then they can't. And the constitutional conservatives, they never bring this issue up. They never explain to people that all that stuff stopped when they froze the number at 435 back at the same time, basically within a year or two of the time that they gave us the income tax, they gave us the Federal Reserve, <laughs> and we got rid of senators being elected by the state houses, and they went to this absurd kind of voting system where it's just a corruption who can buy the system off. All those things happen within just a very short period of time at the turn of the century. And it's, again, just a classic example of the fact that none of those issues are ever discussed by constitutional conservatives and media. And think how different the world would be if people understood that the vote we have is a joke. It's a complete fucking joke. It's it's worthless. <laughs> it's totally worthless. It's literally like having $100,000 and then having it all taken down to 435 bucks. You're busted. You're dead broke, man. That's all. But the people continue to imagine that the vote is something because they're never told these facts. That's just one of the kinds of facts that they never discuss. They don't tell you the fact that the Department of Justice didn't even exist till after the Civil War that the United States attorney kept basically a full-time practice, private practice, going up until the 1850s because there was just no work for them to do. So the government just exploded after the Civil War. And both sides loved the Civil War, even though there's absolutely no way to have, impossible, to have a free country where the people are in charge and it's voluntary association and have a war to hold it together. It's totally impossible. And to say that the war was about freeing slaves is idiotic. It's simply not true. Certainly the North wasn't fighting that. And the South really wasn't fighting to hang on to slavery because fewer than 25% of the people in the South even had slaves. Fewer than 25%. So 75% of the people didn't even have slaves, yet they fought in that war. Why? How? They didn't have slaves. They didn't have anything to maintain. It doesn't make any sense. 
mean, it doesn't make any sense. But those kinds of basic figures that just show you that the stories we're given, they don't make any sense. But the constitutional conservatives make sure that people who truly want freedom, they never find any of this stuff out. They never find any of this stuff out. That's the problem. That the amendment, when they changed the way the president's elected after the election of 1800, where Thomas Jefferson got in with all these weird house votes. When they changed it, what ended up happening is that the political parties took over and no longer would you have, say, the Democrats and the Republicans prior to that amendment would run and whoever won, like in our case, Joe Biden theoretically won under the so-called rules. Well, Trump would be his vice president, not Kamala Harris. And see, when they changed that rule, when they amended the Constitution like that, they totally and completely blew up any kind of check and balance that could even theoretically be in there. Because if your hand-picked vice presidential candidate running to mate is your corrupt running buddy, well, then what good does it do to impeach you and get you out of office? What good does it do? You just get your hand-picked crony crook put in right after. <laughs> See how different it would be if this, the original construct was that your opponent was in there. He was keeping watch on you. How are you going to do all this shady shit when the vice president is your former opponent? You can't, see? You can't. And so, again, all that stuff changed. And the country's basically run the entire time with these kinds of very fundamental changes to it. And what do we hear about if you watch uh, constitutional conservatives or you listen to them on the radio, or you read about them. You read about these little tiny things, these little idiotic things that you can't even tell me what the point was a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, six months ago, two weeks ago. What was the hot topic here or there? No idea, right? Because that's the whole point, to keep people down in these details that don't make any damn difference. They've had talk radio, which is supposedly a movement, 35 years, maybe more, 40 years at this point. And what has it accomplished? What has it accomplished? <laughs> it just goes straight downhill. See, but there's endless amounts of time where each part during the year, there'll be some kind of so-called victory. And they'll run around, they'll be talking about it, how this is it, this is the start. And I thought about it when I saw this uh, federal judge in Florida who said that the mask mandates, they're not permissible. They're violations because the CDC didn't do it properly. And everyone runs around, thinks this is some great victory for the Constitution, shows that the system is working. It's because they don't understand what's going on. So they'd never read the opinion. I don't even need to read the opinions. I've already done shows around this. I know what that opinion's about. I know the kinds of technical issues that the court is going to rely on. It has absolutely nothing to do with the Constitution. All those things can easily be remedied by the Democrat Congress and some simple regulations. That's all. They can just pass on to them and give them additional regulatory authority and power. And the CDC can go back through and circle back, as Jen Psaki would say, and redo the way, the manner, the form in which these restrictions came about. So there's absolutely no discussion in any of the cases about the fact that the CDC itself is totally unconstitutional. That somehow giving them so-called regulatory authority means that you're giving an unelected unconstitutional agency 
the authority to make what is in effect law. Sure, it's not technically law, it's only a regulation, but it doesn't matter because they can still find you, shut you down, and put you into a cage for failing to comply with it. They can still wreck your life, prevent you from traveling freely. What does it matter if you call it a regulation or law? What does it matter? And so you get these kinds of cases, and I'm sure it'll come up and be a big deal. People call in to talk about how great it is. Of course, it was a Trump appointment that did it. All these things are just silly. See, they're all silly because if you just take one step back and look at the actual trend that's been going on in this country, it's always the same. And it's been the same forever. More and more government, fewer and fewer rights, more and more control, greater and greater size of government, scope of government, government spending, government debt, more restrictions, bigger security state. That's what it is every time. Sure, you win stuff here and there. It doesn't matter. That's all just to keep the illusion going. See, that's all just part of the illusion. And the constitutional conservatives and media make sure that everybody's lost in the weeds at all times, arguing about little teeny tiny things that don't mean jack shit and never, ever, ever discussing the kinds of issues that actually matter. How many times have they ever even brought up books like Oppenheimer's book, The State? How many times have they mentioned Spooner? How many times do they mention actual issues that really matter? The idea that the Supreme Court opinions, they aren't the law of the land. They're just an opinion that only binds the parties of the case. How many times do they bring something like that up? They don't. See, they don't bring those things up. They don't raise the issues. Same way they didn't step forward when Trump declared a national emergency. They didn't tell everybody there's no such thing as a national emergency in the Constitution. Totally made up thing. There's no authority for the government to do it. Did they ever bring that up? Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Because there's more than 30 so-called national emergencies currently running right now. Some have been running for decades and decades and decades. Do they tell anyone that? No. They get everybody arguing about whether or not Joe Biden is doing something or Kamala Harris has made a slip and that they're stupid. Oh, they're always stupid. Well, Joe Biden is stupid. Kamala Harris probably is pretty stupid. So... You think the Democrat Party is, quote, stupid? They're stupid. How come they're winning all the time? How come they're dominating all the time? Is there any major metro area you can go to that isn't dominated by liberals and big government? Are there any? (laughs) I I don't know of any major metro areas that aren't dominated by these liberals. You have to go out into much smaller towns in order to have anything even remotely like a conservative there. So if the Democrats are so dumb like the conservatives are always saying, how are they winning all the time? How are they winning? So not only do they not bring any of these topics up, they don't bring up the fact that this idea that we can have this democratization of everything, everybody's vote should be the same, everybody's vote counts equally, blah, blah, blah. That's an idiotic concept anyhow, right? If they can take different amounts from you and me and throw it into the till in order to run their crooked schemes... Um, why should everybody get an equal vote then? I don't understand. How does that work? They take more from me, less from you, and you get the same say as me in how that money is spent? Who would agree to that? Who would agree to that? (laughs) Nobody. See, that's why there's nothing in the Constitution except for amendments (laughs) with regards to who's going to vote. That's left to the states. And now, of course, the federal government's gotten involved with it, and they have all these things like the Voting Rights Act, 
They allow these districts to be chopped up in these preposterous ways where they draw these absurdly gerrymandered shapes in order to make sure that you get some kind of representation from some. Why are people entitled to certain kinds of representation? I don't understand. Why? Where does that come from? I don't understand. Where does it come from? It's just a made-up thing. See, all these things are all made up, and none of them are challenged. See, none of them are challenged. And when you start understanding this very fundamental way that the people are misled and driven in these ditches, then you start to start to understand the way the pieces come together and how it works. See, all these corporations, they're all owned and run by the same kind of small group of people. And whenever they do any kinds of studies, and there was one done by a big Swiss banking firm uh, much more than a decade now, probably close to 15 years ago, it showed all the way the interlocking boards and the relationships and everything else. It's just a very small handful of people control all of these large corporations, and those same people are the same people who pull the strings behind government. All the same people. So it doesn't matter if you give an illusion that there's separateness. It's fine. I did a whole show that showed people this idea that these private businesses can do what they want. Well, that's what the constitutional conservatives push all the time. Well, it's a private business. It doesn't apply. Well, how's it private if you have to have a license to open the business from government, if you need government permission to do it, if you must accept this fake government money called fiat currency? If you must accept that, if you must accept all of these labor laws and practices, if you must pay minimum wages, if you must comply with all these other regulations, if you must get the place inspected and approved, how are you a private business when you're 100% at the mercy of government can shut your business down anytime it wants to? And, of course, now the businesses almost all get just endless amounts of government money, tax breaks, deductions, exemptions, specialty special treatment, customers, no-bid contracts. How are you a private business? It's an illusion. It's a made-up thing. Again, constitutional conservatives right there pushing this fake division. It's all one big thing. The giant businesses, huge multinational and national corporations, they only exist because of government. They can't exist outside government. And government itself is based in crime and fraud. And anybody can read Oppenheimer's The State and they can find that out. It's not complicated. It was well known. Well known. <laughs> but of course now we have government schools, which again, the conservatives, they, they talk, what do they talk about? They talk about school choice. They don't talk about the fact that it's totally unconstitutional to have the federal government any way involved. It's true the states probably theoretically could have something to do with it, but they should have nothing to do with it. That's all. Should have absolutely nothing to do with any of it. And on top of that, what does the government do? Makes schooling mandatory, controls the textbooks, controls the curriculum. <laughs> then it has all these businesses that are giving money to it, right? Requires licenses, certifications. All those things require you go to a different school and more school, accredited school. All these things are 100% controlled ultimately by the levers of government. And none of these issues are ever discussed by constitutional conservatives. And that's why the people have no idea what's going on. They're just simply given Barnum statement after Barnum statement about freedom and limited government and the Constitution and the founders and the Federalist Papers and all these catchphrases that people think they understand, and they don't. And so now we have a situation where literally the people are being poisoned for God knows how many decades and decades and decades and decades. GMO foods. Think how upside down that is, right? You have to fight to try to get something on the label that says that it's GMO. <laughs> uh, think about that. Think how upside down that is. Who allows that to happen? 
The government allows it to happen. The government fights for it. The government allows it. This idea that the, the whole stupid corona thing ran on because of money, money bribing people in the FDA. That's all nonsense. The government does not need bribes in order to jack people over. The entire reason it was set up is to jack the people over. It's just silly. The only reason they even have things like the FDA is to make sure there's a vertical supply and that only the right kinds of crooks get their stuff in there and to make 100% sure that stuff that can actually help you never gets to the market. And if it does get to the market, it gets taken off. That's all. It's not complicated, but the constitutional conservatives, they never speak about this stuff. They never mention the spraying. Spraying going on all the time for decades now. You can see it in any TV show, movie. You look outside, you'll see them spraying. They're told, oh, water vapors, contrails. They never discuss it. They don't discuss the fact that the fluoridated water is just basically anesthetizing the entire population. They don't talk about the endless farm and the vaccines given to kids. Just massive, direct rise, just going vertical with all these different childhood diseases and problems and special needs kids and all this shit. That stuff did not exist when I was a kid 50 years ago. It didn't exist. It was just a teeny tiny sliver of the population. Now it's everywhere. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal men? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. It didn't exist. It was just a teeny tiny sliver of the population. Now it's everywhere. It's everywhere. But do they speak out about it? No, they don't speak out about it. So they don't speak out about anything that actually matters. They keep everybody down in the weeds. I guarantee you this stupid federal case down in Florida, which is just a district court case, is going to get discussed as a big victory. And I've already had people sending it to me. Look at this, legal man. Look at this. I don't even respond most of the time. It's pointless. If you think that's a victory and it's going to lead to something, you can't see that it's just a laughable distraction. And that a year from now, two years, three years, four years, five years, that thing is going to be so far in the rearview mirror, it ain't going to matter. The system is set up to make sure that the government, which is the people behind the government, can do whatever they want. It's just do it slowly over time. That's the reality, and people don't want to face it. And the answer is you have to dismantle it, massively decentralize it, and never rebuild it. Ever, ever, ever. But see, none of that can happen until people start facing the facts that the Constitution is not what they say, that the founders weren't who they thought, that the country's not based on what they imagine, that it's not a freedom machine, that we aren't the good guys running around. (laughs) We just, all of these things have to be faced before anything can be fixed because. Because the politicians and the, say, mid-upper level and above government officials are all despicable people. They're despicable people. They are liars. They are criminals. 
They abuse the people endlessly, and the people just can't accept that. See, because they know people who work in there, and they're supposedly a good person with a this and a that. Okay, well, there you go. If you can't call out the people who are doing this to you for what they are, and it doesn't matter if it's your guy, you think DeSantis is some fucking hero. It doesn't matter if they're in government, if they're high-level government officials or politicians in any form or fashion. They are despicable people screwing you over in the worst kind of way. They may think they're great people. They may think they're helping, but they're not. What they're doing is taking proxy violence, which is government goons with guns, to run around forcing people to do stuff. That's the opposite of freedom. It's the complete opposite of freedom. And the vast majority of people who work in government at high-level positions work in an agency that's completely and totally unconstitutional. It's totally unconstitutional, no basis to exist whatsoever. The politicians, they all know that. If they don't know that, they're totally and completely incompetent and definitely need to be in prison because they have held themselves out to be competent by running and telling people they're going to fix things. And if they're that incompetent, that is way beyond negligence, way beyond negligence, because they have a duty to go find out these issues. You can't plead ignorance on a topic like that if you want to go represent people you can't go around and tell people i'm going to be your agent and i'm going to help you negotiate this deal if you know nothing about those deals and you don't disclose that to the people if you hold yourself out to be an expert in those deals in fact you know nothing about those deals you're going to be criminally liable (laughs) when things go south because that is in effect what a con man does and that's all these politicians are and these government officials is the same thing see we're all just beholden to government now and what do the constitutional conservatives do? They tell you to respect the office. Okay, why would I respect the office when the office is simply a technology platform in order to jack me over? Why would I respect that office? I don't understand. Why would I? There's no reason to, but this is what they do because they want you to attach yourself and identify yourself with what they imagine to be this freedom machine called the United States and the so-called Constitution which is supposedly the most brilliant document ever written and all this other crap. Look around. Everything that's happening is happening under the Constitution. It's a complete and total train wreck. And what do they do? They just constantly go back to the same thing. Well, we're not following. It has to be enforced. Those are meaningless words. We are following it. If we're not following it right now, then how come when the Republicans get in power, they don't throw in prison all the Democrats and the people who've been working for the government doing these things that are completely and totally unconstitutional? Why don't they? Why? Because there's not even any discussion of it, because it's made up. Tell me I'm supposed to enforce it. How? What is the method? What is the enforcement mechanism in the document? There isn't one. And, of course, the government itself has made it illegal to discuss enforcing the document yourself in any form or fashion except for voting. Well, voting doesn't work. If it worked, it was already going to work. It didn't work. We can never get the right people in there, apparently, in 240 years. And yet, what are we told? Violence is never the answer. That's what the constitutional conservatives tell us, right? While at the same time, they love on back the blue. Well, what is the blue? The blue is violence. The blue is official violence. The military is official violence. The FBI is official violence. See, they love government violence. Love it. They love to have the government come and force their shit down your throat. But as soon as the people want to push back, well, now that's no good. Well, a system like that can never work. So once again, they're exposed as the con men that they are, the traitors. The traitors who've completely and totally taken people for a ride. And the people don't want to accept that. 
they don't want to accept that. And so they just keep them really busy with all sorts of little silly details each night, each day, each week. Some different little stupid thing. Tell me, just think one month ago, what was it? What was on the radio of your favorite guy? What was he fucking railing about? Some stupid shit, right? Some made up crap from Ukraine. Passing off State Department, DOD, CIA propaganda. Next time they're on the radio, they'll be talking about how corrupt DOJ is and the DOD and how they had this and they did that and they need to be cleaned up. We need to get back to it, blah, blah, blah. Now, the next time out of their mouth, they're just parroting the same kinds of fake reports. They're not genuine. They're not actually on your side. And this is why I make the show, because the only chance we have is for people to be able to face the truth of what this country really is, what that document really is. And who those constitutional conservatives really are. Because the liberals, who the constitutional conservative regular people hate, could never ever succeed if the constitutional conservatives were actually on our side, the side of liberty and freedom. But they're not. They would rather hang on to these fake beliefs in the Constitution, the founders, and the freedom machine than they would to face the fact that they got their ass handed to and fooled their entire lives, pushed a load of shit, and now they've caused a lot of damage and it's up to them to have to try to clean it up. Average people, they don't want to face that. They just want to be told what they already believe again and again, just having confirmed over and over and over that they were right all along. They got it figured out. Until people are willing to face these facts, nothing's going to change. And I just don't see much evidence that things are going to change. I just don't. And, you know, I'm going to keep making the Spooner series. I may do a couple other short books and essays as well when I finish those up. Just because there is a small group of people who like my work, respect the time I've spent learning these topics, and explaining it to people. And at this point, I still am willing to do that for them, mostly because there's a group of people who actually put their money where their mouth is and support my show, which I think is, it really shows a lot of integrity. I mean, the vast majority of people don't, and I get it that this is the way the world is, but I look at that and I just say, okay, people, they just want free shit, and they'll just move on to something else. And the people in the Patreon, I, I really like them because, you know, they don't do it because they get a bunch of extra material, though I'm sure some do, and I'm happy to provide it. I want to give them value. Most of them support my show because they respect the time it's spent for me to get this kind of understanding of the Constitution, the system, and all the different scams it run on, and the value that I provide to them by explaining things to them that they probably, large amounts they never ever could have figured out on their own, not because I'm so much smarter than everybody, just because of the nature of where I was positioned as a lawyer and how many different things happened to me and what a bulldog I was with regards to finding out the truth and wanting to get to the bottom of it. And they respect that, and they appreciate it, and they uh, financially support it. And I appreciate that. So I could go on and on and on. I'm literally, probably for hours, I could go on and on giving examples of things the constitutional conservatives simply ignore. But I've given a plenty of them right here, just in this show, just in half an hour. Just showed you endless ways that you're misled by those people. And yet, I guarantee that people will continue to come back to me, tell me about how... The Constitution just needs to be enforced, and we need to do this, and we need to do that in the Constitution. <laughs> uh, you can't get through to most people. 
That's all. You can't. So, all right. Well, I'm not going to keep going. If you want to follow me, you can. I'm legal man at U.S. Law Review. I talk about these issues. I tweet about them. I need to get organized and get onto Instagram and do some different stuff on there, maybe some memes. I've had some very nice people inside Patreon offer that and even inside Twitter. And to the extent that I haven't taken advantage of it very well, I apologize to those people. But I'm just, it's hard for me to get organized to do everything all the time. And even though it'd be nice to try to get it spread in different ways, I always make guest appearances whenever I'm asked. I'm happy to do that. It's just kind of an uphill battle and kind of a beating after a while. And I'm coming up on two full years, and I'm not going to say I'm wearing out on it, but I got to say, um, I get mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I really do. And at some point, it's just a chance. I'll just go dark, and I'll just pull everything I have out in public, and I'll just disappear. There's just a good chance of that. And it's, it's. I'm not saying I'm about to do it. I'm saying I do think about it a lot, and... I wish I didn't, but, you know, people can only do stuff so long, and unless there's a big kind of reason to continue to do it, it's difficult to keep doing it. That's all. And there's a lot more to tell people, you know. I listen periodically to those those stupid jokers on talk radio, and I just think, my God, they're on there for 15 hours a week and just spewing the same garbage. Turn it on, hours later, turn it on, turn it on the next day. It's just the same shit with a railing and railing and railing about the same stupid crap. They make no progress. I just can't believe how many people listen to that all the time and actually believe it. And I can't imagine what a horrible job it would be to be on there three hours a day feeling obligated to talk about these so-called current events in order to get ratings so-called and to hold the audience and to tease them through the breaks and all these different miscellaneous things. It's one of the reasons I like making just a shorter show. Just because, you know, a shorter show, it's true, it's not hours of material each week. I get it. And people that provide hours of material each week, hell, more power to them. For me, it'd be difficult for me to do hours and hours and hours each week. just would be very difficult. For a lot of reasons. I like the shorter format. I like the fact that there's lots of people who like my show. They still don't even listen to all my shows. <laughs> even as short as my show is and it comes out once a week to the public, twice a week to uh, Patreon people, there's still a lot of people who like my show. They still don't get a chance to hear it all. That's one of the main reasons I keep the format short. And I look at these long format shows that run for hours each day. Just the same old crap talking about some news station, news story, this. It's just unbelievable how much time people spend consuming this garbage and look around at the progress, look at the results. Utter and complete shit for results. And yet the people continue to stay there. Amazing. So, well, that's it. No update on the movie. You guys already know we're in post-production. We got to do some pickup scenes and it's going to come out this fall. Uh, the Jones Plantation. I play Mr. Jones. It was written by Larkin Rose. It's going to be a great project. I really hope people support it when it comes out. Buy the movie. Make it make money. So that if it makes money, then people will see if you produce movies like this, they can make money. You don't have to stay inside that Hollywood system. You know? So, all right. Well, that's it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.